Hello, you're listening to Wolves Radio with me, Gemma Frith, and as always, Mikey Burrows. Mikey, how are you doing? Good morning to you. Uh, good morning. Uh, we're recording this in the morning. We're also recording <laughs> this the first one of 2022. So happy new yes, year happy to new everybody. Year. Uh, we've already started it off tremendously. <laughs> Yes, what an absolutely incredible way to start 2022. I mean, I'm in a very good mood. These are always very good recordings to do after a win. Um, and I'm still absolutely riding on that high from, from Monday night at Old Trafford. What a spectacular well, evening. Anyone who has seen your social media, including, <laughs> I think, your TikTok, which uh, apparently the kids say is blowing up. Is that the right term? I don't know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, seen you very much enjoying yourself setting up for the post-match interviews. Uh, we, we all had a great time. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. As soon as we won, we were like, oh my goodness, winning at Old Trafford, first time in 42 years. I was like, we've got to go big. <laughs> so we, we spent a long time after, I will say that TikTok was taken after we'd done the important stuff. We'd done the interviews already. I wasn't making Jean Martino and Bruno Large wait while I filmed my TikToks. <laughs> we did do the important <laughs> stuff first and then we messed around afterwards. But um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, and we also were hanging about in the press box and the, and the darts final was on. So we had a lovely time finishing off our work at Old Trafford while um, uh, while we were waiting uh, to go home. So what, what an incredible evening. I mean... That Jao Martinho goal, I think, will be one that we remember for a very, very long time, Mikey. I mean, what did you think of the match as a whole? Do you know what? It was one of the strangest experiences I think I've ever had at Old Trafford because, you know, we've got we've gone and played well against the traditional big six before in matches. We've beaten most of them. We've even beaten Man United, albeit at home in a, in a very different atmosphere. But to go away from home and play in that manner in front of a full stadium, I posted on social media the day after the game, Gem, that there was a moment early in the game, might only have been about 10 minutes into it, where Wolves fans were cheering every pass <laughs> as if it was the last five minutes and we were 3-0 up. And Man United could not get anywhere near us. Mm. And the chances kept coming and coming. And you kind of, in a, in a way, you almost forgot about how dominant we were. And you looked at the stats at half-time and it was like, Wow. Mm. We, you know, especially after the way things had gone at Man City and against Liverpool and arguably against Chelsea, where you know we'd been under the cosh against what you and I have agreed are the three elite teams this season. Yeah. But Man United, wow, we were we were so good. Yeah. Given the fact that we'd had a break as well, um, it was just just stunning, and they needed the goal. And you and I both know we've spoken about this a lot. The the one Achilles heel to this team at the minute is that they're not quite taking their chances. But boy, when they do take their chances, they score, they win. And it proved again at Old Trafford. Yeah, I mean, I saw that Opta stat on Twitter, which I've just gone to retrieve so I can read it out because it was, I didn't see it until after the game, but it said that Wolves had 15 shots against Man United in the first half. The most on record in the Premier League a visiting team has had at Old Trafford in the opening 45 minutes. That That's absolutely incredible. Not only was it a fantastic performance and potentially I would say up there with one of our best of the season so far, but... Actually, the stats and, and historically one of the one of the, the worst first halves for, for Man United at, at their home ground. Yeah. So we really caused them problems. And I mean, I have to be honest, Mikey, there was at half time I was a bit worried that 
Man United were going to come back out in the second half um, and they were going to score or we were going to struggle to score and they were going to turn the game around and that goal wasn't going to come. And I was just, I was getting nervous. I was getting worried. And obviously I had no reason to be worried, but were you always confident that goal was going to come? Um, entirely honest, maybe not because we've seen that happen mm. in other games in you know, other games recently. But the difference, I guess, here was that we were having the chances. And we had more chances against Manchester United at Old Trafford than we'd had in the four games building up to it combined. So that just shows you the turnaround, maybe in mentality as well. And it's understandable when you play against those big three that we Mm -hmm. mentioned before that maybe you play slightly differently. But this was a return to how Wolves played at the start of the season when we were blown away by what they were doing. They just were unlucky not to score and lost all three games 1-0. The... The thing that kind of stood out for me, and I don't use this term lightly, is that you look at it and you have to give credit to Bruno and his staff for Mm. what was effectively a tactical masterclass because they've looked at the way Man United have set up and Man United under Ralph Rangnick are very narrow and they're effectively 4-2-4. And so that first half, Wolves Central 2, Ruben Neves and Jean Moutinho were unreal and they exploited the gaps, and Nelson Semedo had one of his best ever Wolves performances. He was superb, raging down that, rampaging down that right-hand mm, side. Mm. And then Man United were forced to change and match up with us. I mean, imagine that a couple <laughs> of years ago. But then, and then he looked at it and he said, okay, fine. Now we put on Traore, because mm-hmm. they've made Luke Shaw go narrow, mm-hmm. so we can isolate him. And now we're going to bring on Fabio, which I thought was a really bold move. Mm. But Fabio, different type of forward to Raul, and able just to work in that little pocket a little bit differently. And that's what led to the goal. So massive, massive credit to the coaching staff because Manchester United, with all the talent that they have at their disposal, and a, a, you know, a really highly rated manager who is clearly still working early days. Ooh. Getting there. Uh, I got so excited I knocked my microphone over. <laughs> but that's that's what happens, isn't it? That's you know this is the this is the times that we live in. Um, it is remarkable, and uh, let's. Uh, I hope we leave that in because yes, that just shows that. how yeah how how animated I'm getting on this. But all all the stuff that Manchester United have, all the coaching elements they have, Wolves out coach them, and that to me says an awful lot. Yeah, I mean, there were fantastic performances all round. I mean, the entire starting 11 everyone brought on just was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, Pedence was brilliant. Ruben nearly gave us an early lead as well in the first half. I mean, what a goal that would have been if that gone in. Um, you know, Max Kilman as well. I mean, obviously, he's been impressing us every single week this this season. But he had that incredible run. Um, I, was, I was thinking, hang on a second, what's going to happen here? But um, it was, yeah, it was amazing. And obviously, Jose Sarr as well. Phenomenal once again, saving that free kick as well in the in the final moments. It was it was just an all round absolutely fantastic performance, and hopefully this is how we're going to now start 2022 and and continue. I mean, it's difficult to say because I think the last two weeks have obviously been very disruptive um, in terms of having two fixtures called off. One through no fault of our own, um, Watford requesting to have it called off, and then actually us requesting to have Arsenal postponed. So it's, it's definitely been a difficult couple of weeks at the training ground. But do you think that that, that break almost made the team more determined to, to come back and continue the momentum that they'd built before Christmas and, and not sort of um, and, and let that go? 
I think it's it, the difficulty, I guess, for us is that we don't know exactly how many people were affected mm. during that period. We know that we've had injuries as well, which is which has kind of hampered us in the, that last couple of weeks. And yet we were still getting fairly decent performances, as we mentioned, against some of the big teams as well. I think that whatever stage of the season you're at, Jem, when you have a little bit of a break, and we say a little bit of a break because as you know full well because you're in there far more than me the players are in mm. you know they might have had a bit of extra time off on christmas day when they found out boxing day wasn't happening yeah but they were still in working and training <laughs> yeah. but it's it's the mental break more than anything mm. and we know to our cost after our season in the europa league that was the most mammoth marathon season you'll anyone will ever have what toll that can take mm. and so maybe a bit of a mental break having played Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea just gave them something extra to go yeah. at. And, and as we saw, the performance level was absolutely superb. Well, we've got a good run of fixtures in the league now for the rest of January. We've got Southampton at home and then we're away at Brentford. Um, as we said before, you know, no, no easy matches in the Premier League, but slightly different to sort of playing, you know, Man City and, and Chelsea in, in, in a short, short time frame. Um, but first of all, the next match that we've got to turn our attention to is Sheffield United on Sunday in the third round of the FA Cup. Um, what do you think we can expect from that, Mikey? Well, the F- I mean, we, it's interesting to see how Bruno approaches the mm. FA Cup. It is a team from a division below who have had a, a bit of a struggle this season. They've mm. they obviously got relegated from the Premier League last year, changed manager in the summer, and then have changed manager again. Uh, but you know, the, there will always be an element of a Premier League team is seen as a scalp by a Championship side. Mm. So the reality is, if you're Sheffield United, you're coming to this game thinking that we can lay down a marker for what we want to do. Maybe, you know, to push us on for the second half of the season. So by no means are they going to be coming to Molyneux and just rolling over and allowing the Premier League team to go about their business and do what they want to do. And the converse side to winning at Manchester United, winning at Old Trafford, is that we are now a bigger scalp to other people. (laughs) There will be other Premier League teams who will go, you know, we want to be the team that next beats them. Yeah. Because that's a big statement for us. So... The question everyone will have, every fan will have, is how strong will that lineup be? Yeah. I know we're going to talk about some of the players who've come back mm. from loan spells and whether they might be involved. That could be an interesting one. We know that there's no Romain Saiz, so there will be a change in the back line, which yeah. uh, uh, you know we haven't had in the Premier League. No, no, we haven't. All season. I mean, Romain Saiz has been unreal. The Moroccan Maldini in recent weeks. <laughs> Has just been genuinely, genuinely a top-level performer yeah. as part of a, an incredible unit that they formed at the back there. Mm. So all of a sudden, there is a question. Does Max Kilman move over? Do they play Marcel there? Could Keanu Hoover go there? Does mm-hmm. Dion Sanderson come straight in? Does Leander Dendonka play there? Or does he rotate with one of the midfielders? There's loads of stuff to try yeah, and think lots about. Yeah, lots of options. United. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what Bruno decides to do. But yeah, we as you said there, we have recalled two players uh, from loan so far, Ryan Giles and Dion Sanderson. So it'll be interesting to see if, if they play a part. We've also, um, for the rest of the month, got two players with us from Grasshoppers in Zurich. So we've got Toti Gomez with us um, for the month. And we've also signed um, Hayao Kawambe. So it'll be interesting to see if he could potentially make an appearance as well. 
It's going to be interesting to see um, how Bruno tackles it and then how that then might change for Southampton in the league the week after. So it's going to be interesting, um, but I am looking forward to it. The FA Cup is always exciting. I don't have much of an update for you, Mikey, for on Wolves women. They've had a quite few weeks as well with their last game back on the 19th when we were playing Chelsea. Um, so they haven't played in the league for quite a while and they've actually got a little bit of a while to wait as well until they're back in the league. They've got a couple of cup games next. Um, they're back in the cup on Sunday away at Liverpool feds to secure their place in the quarterfinal of the Women's National League Cup. So fingers crossed for that one. They had a phenomenal 2021. So let's hope they can continue that momentum now into 2022 as well. Um, but Mikey, how are the under 23s going? getting on? Have they played any games recently? Well, they've had a little bit of a, a winter break. They do every year, to be honest. Uh, but they were due to play against Newcastle in the week before Christmas. And that one got postponed because of a COVID outbreak at Newcastle. Um, and uh, they were due to play in this coming week, but because they use Agbra, the home of Kidderminster Harriers, and Kidderminster mm. is still in the FA Cup, it meant that they were unable to use that stadium. So they were kind of delayed to restarting their campaign. They'll play against Southampton at the same time that the first team are taking on Sheffield United in the FA Cup. But they did have a really impressive result, Gem, in their final game before Christmas when they went down to West Ham in the Premier League Cup. Now, for those who don't know... West Ham are arguably the best under-23 team in the country right now. They are top of Premier League 2 Division 1, and that is a division that includes Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, Tottenham. <laughs> they, are better, they are better than all of them right now. Six of the team that played against Wolves had been involved in the Europa League the week before. Wow. So, you know, and the same amount of players for Wolves had been involved in the FA Youth Cup the day before that Europa League game. So it it shows you the the slight difference in level. Mm. And yet, Wolves were the better team. They were the better team. They stepped up. They, Hugo Bueno had a great game. Bruno Jordal stepping up his injury comeback. I know he's been on the bench for the first team last couple of matches. He looked a cut above, Jeremy. Really did. Incredible. And it's been a while since he's played Premier League 2 football. Mm-hmm. And he, he stood out the first time around, but not as much. It wasn't as evident as it was in his last performance, where he genuinely looked like a first-team player playing a level down. Um, Nathan Fraser, who I think I've mentioned to you before, I keep waxing lyrical yes. about him as a young 16-year-old striker, came on again and had a really interesting cameo. And it was just a really good all-round performance from them. Um, they had a couple of goals disallowed. One definitely was offside. Uh, one for Jack Scott, which was marginal. And I know he and his parents who were there absolutely thought it shouldn't have been ruled out. Uh, he was, fu- he was, I think he was a little bit fuming that our TV uh, angle wasn't kind of enough. We didn't have enough cameras there for him to try and prove that the VAR, that it definitely wasn't offside. Yeah, we don't um, have quite the sort of same 12 yeah. sort of Premier League angles that you do. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, they, they did really well. It was a really kind of morale-boosting performance after what had been a tough couple of weeks for them. Um, and, you know, there is that interesting situation. We mentioned Dion and Ryan Giles mm. coming back that if they're not needed in first-team circles, we expect they, that they may well be, but if they need games, then they could use the under-23s. They haven't played for the under-23s for a while, but it goes to show four players in the under-23s that there is a pathway, that there is a clear route through to giving yourself that opportunity, that you perform for the 23s, you then get a good loan. You know, Dion's been at Sunderland and now at Birmingham, 
and Ryan was uh, Rotherham, did really well, did really well at Shrewsbury and Coventry, and then most recently at Cardiff. Dion had been at Cardiff before the season before he went to Sunderland. So you do well, people are watching, and they will, and then you can get the chance to come back. And they're now coming back as players who played, I think, more than fifty football league games mm. each. Which is, you know, that's a good standard. That's a good level to have got to. Uh, you know, in the championship as well for both of them. Yeah. So if you're an under-23 player now, because we expect that there might be some that go out on loan in January, that's what always happens. Mm. You look at those two coming back and go, right, that's what we can get to. Yeah, it's exciting. It's a bit of, um, it, it shows the, the under-23s currently in the team that what they can achieve in it in the space of, of six months of, of a year. So um, there's definitely lots of uh, exciting times to come for some of those players that you've been talking about for a very long time now. Um, and it's now their chance to, to, to step up and, and, and potentially go out, out on loan. Um, but yes, we will see you at More Than You on Sunday, Mikey, and everyone listening as well. Um, it should be a good afternoon. But if you have any questions in the meantime, you can tweet us as always at Mikey Burrows and at Jem Frith on Twitter. And we will see you then.